Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Residents say there are multiple homeless encampments in the area and that people are known to live out of their cars in the back of this particular parking lot. Everyone said they're shocked by the violence. For me, I was like dumbfounded this thing. Like, wait, somebody just got stabbed in broad daylight? I mean, like, again, it doesn't matter if it's daylight or nighttime, but the fact that people have the audacity, which means, hey, people don't care, you know, especially when you're dealing with the type of mentalities that these homeless people have, they don't care. So to find out, like, wait a minute, somewhere where I go is shocking to get gas and my, my bank is right here, but then some dead person is right there. That's infuriating and sad. That actually fits in what we were talking about last hour, and I've wondered about that a lot. I even had a conversation with a cop about that once. All right, we were talking about political violence. If just the the temperature in the country reaches a point where crazy people start to act out violently politically, even if it's not connected, like I'm not... Election deniers need to die. It's just, I'm nuts, and I don't even know how it works. But the same thing has clearly happened with the homeless population, which is also, a lot of it is mental mental illness. It's just, it's just the, the, the vibe on the street is you can get away with being very aggressive. Yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah. A- including attacking people and hurting them and murdering them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as reality has changed, even people who have a like a not a very good grasp on reality, they have enough of a grasp. They understand when there are repercussions and when there aren't as they make their way through their generally meth-crazed life. Actually had a cop tell me that uh, uh, most, it, it, he was saying all the homeless people around here have a uh, a county representative or a city representative that they can name to you if if you give them any hassle, that they're going to call 
that is going to let you know what the rules and the laws and the statutes are and how you're violating them, et cetera, et cetera. They're right. basically lawyered up. Drug addicts who are clogging up the sidewalks, ruining the parks. Yeah, are lawyered up now. Great. Nice society we're building here. Uh, so speaking of crime and that sort of thing, uh, Halloween night, violent crime erupts across the nation. Don't worry, I won't depress the crap out of you. I'll just tell you Kansas City, at least eight people shot, at least one uh, fatally. Uh, no arrests so far. Drive-by in Chicago left up to 14 people wounded in various conditions between critical and not, uh, including a 3-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Isn't that lovely? How about Seattle, Washington? Two people injured in a drive-by shooting. Uh, Philadelphia, three killed, three others injured in four separate shootings that unfolded across the city on Halloween afternoon into the night, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just freaking lovely, delicious. Uh, a political note on the topic of crime. Working our way toward a very interesting Portland story. Uh, Kathy Hochul, in her disastrous debate performance and afterward, uh, on MSNBC's Politics Nation on Sunday, claimed that fear about rising crime has been manufactured by, quote, master manipulators in a national, quote, conspiracy ahead of Election Day. Of rampant crime, she said, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America, trying to convince people in Democratic states that they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're not only election deniers, they're data deniers. Safer places are the Democratic states, she claimed. In an apparent reference to what fellow Democrat California Governor Gavin Lunkhead Newsom labeled America's red state murder problem. Nice try. Wow. Nice try. Wow, yeah, what so a your thing perception to say. that the streets and sidewalks are more dangerous, that your your kids walk to school is now unsafe, that that's a conspiracy. Wow. Well, wow, did you wow. see the Pew poll? Percentage of registered voters who see violent crime is very important voting issue this year. Black Democrats, 82%. White. No, no, they've fallen for the conspiracy. White Democrats, 33%. Wow. So black Democrats, 82%. Violent crime, very important. White Democrats, 33%. You know, I'm going to get to a, a, so a similar story to that. So uh, you're telling people of color in disadvantaged neighborhoods, oftentimes, not all the time, that they're wrong? They're just, they're just wrong yeah. about this? There's a college-educated 40 to 50-year-old to 60-year-old white woman telling the black people what time it is in their neighborhood, and it's fine. Boy, oh boy. Well, the the article I'm going to get to eventually is today's Marxists, leftists, want to keep minorities trapped in perpetual victimhood. Um, And there are increasing numbers, and and really a high rate, increasing numbers of people who say, why am I continuing to vote in the same way? It just keeps getting crappier. Anyway, we'll get to that eventually. <clears throat> Great example of that might be beautiful Portland, Oregon, formerly uh, the Rose City, now the angry, junkie city. Um, and, and an interesting piece in the New York Times, an army of volunteer sleuths, they call them, are out hunting for your stolen car. Victims are helping each other, going out, searching for stolen cars because there are so many of them. Vehicle theft has exploded in Portland because the city leadership doesn't support the cops. 
the cops arrest a car thief, which can turn into a shootout or something terribly dangerous, and then they see him walk in the streets two hours later. If you're a cop, are you going to risk, uh, risk your life? Arresting something that then the progressive prosecutors won't even prosecute? Yeah, so that's a different topic than the whole it's in the air, revolutions in the air or whatever, making crazy people do crazy things. This is just plain word is on the street. You're not punished for this, so I'm going to do it. And then word is on the street with the cops. They're, they're, they're going to be back out. So what's the point? Right. But you can't you can't talk about one without talking about the other, though. I mean, you might have the impulse that you're mad and you want to act out. But if you know there's a 100% chance that mm. a repercussion will come to you, you won't act out nearly as quickly. It's like opposing forces. Anyway, um, they talk about how uh, vehicle thefts in Portland are on track to reach well over 10,000 this year. That's more than triple 10 years ago. More than tripled. Kathy Ockel in New York says that's a conspiracy. It's not true. God, is she an idiot? <laughs> wow. <laughs> in, or she's desperate for a narrative to, to cling to. She's like, uh, you know, clinging to a, a piece of driftwood in a shipwreck, and that's the only thing she can come up with. In Portland, writes the New York Freaking Times that the the tripling of car thefts is part of a nationwide trend that accelerated during the coronavirus pandemic. In Portland, the brazenness of the crimes, inattention from the police, and desperation of residents who finally find themselves missing one of their most valuable possessions has led many to take matters in their own hands. And again, this is the New York Times writing about this. It'd be cool if the city could do this, and I didn't have to, said this one fellow who's searching for stolen cars. But similar groups to his have popped up and grown around the country as vehicle thefts have soared. For this guy's network, his name is Crawford, the effort is less about vigilante justice. His group rules say that people who take the law into their own hands will not be tolerated. But it's more about community building and expanding eyes and ears around town, trying to find people's damned cars. Uh, neighbors share pictures of license plates, keep watch during commutes to work and hunt online for reports of stolen vehicles. Nearly every day, the group PDX Stolen Cars, that's the uh, airport code in Portland, PDX, helps a resident reconnect with a vehicle in Portland or the surrounding suburbs. This is an army and it's exploding, said Victoria Johnson, who joined the group after someone drove off with her SUV while she was helping at the scene of a car accident. Oh, my God. She's helping injured people, and somebody jumps in her car and steals it. That is a breakdown in society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nation's on track to record um, over a million stolen vehicles this year, highest number in more than a decade. Uh, they say the 90s were worse, which is interesting, but uh, uh, let's see. I want to get back to the uh, the people searching for cars. Portland Police Bureau said staffing challenges had prevented it from doing more to help solve car thefts. Last year, as the department struggled to retain and recruit officers, and the city shrank the number of authorized positions. Oh, that's right. Ted Weasel and the city fathers and mothers in Portland shrank the police force in the face of skyrocketing crime. The department employed fewer sworn officers than at any point in the last 30 years, and they've had to prioritize other crimes over vehicle theft. Um, blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. So, you know, I, I love this idea. I don't know how to organize it in your town or city, but they now have dozens and dozens and dozens of people who go into the bushes where they know people stow cars or anytime they see a car parked in a weird place, they take the VIN, the vehicle uh, ID number. They take the license plate. They report it. They compare it with stolen car records. It's citizens doing for themselves what allegedly the cops ought to be doing. 
Uh, but it's just it's a bit of a, uh, a take in the temperature of your blue cities in America. This is what it's become. Well, this overall Pew uh, survey of is violent crime a very important issue? Overall, all registered voters, 61% in America right now. So, very important issue, violent crime, 61% overall. You break it down, for uh, black people, it's 81%, white, 56 Hispanic, 65 I'll slow down on these. Uh, younger people worry less about it than older people. Always been true. Um, uh, post-grad, worry about the, the least, because you live in a neighborhood where you don't have any violent crime. That's right, yeah. College graduates a little more, high school or less, the most at 70%, because you probably huh. live in a neighborhood where you have violent crime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fairly higher among Republicans, conservatives at 77%, uh, and then Democrats uh, have to, well, the, the moderate Democrats are two-thirds, pretty high. Wow, yeah. Conservatives, 77%. Liberal is the lowest number by far. The liberal Democrats, 34%. So half of all registered voters, and, you know, well, I, I compared it to, so black voters, it's 81. Liberal Democrats, 34. Wow. And you wonder why Democrats are losing in minorities hand over fist. So you live in a nice neighborhood in a university town, and you don't have much violent crime, or you pretend you don't, even if you do. And the uh, Kathy Hochul syndrome, which we were just talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't that something? You're a PhD, wealthy white person in a university town. You say violent crime is not a danger. That's Republicans just trying to scare people. Oh, my God. Mm, right. Has a party ever been that out of touch? I, some... You know, at times the Republican Party has been, you know, to working America. That's why they lost them post-World War II. Uh, they're flooding back. Uh, but, wow, that those numbers are striking. I, I know it. I know it. Wow. And and what's d- d- truly horrific to me, and I won't bang this drum for very long, is that those very affluent white Ph.D. types are now driving the entire conversation in America's schools and universities with the critical theory crap and the queer theory and the transgender craze thing. That's those people. And they're the only ones who believe it. And, and poor, you know, kind of moderate, dopey people who want to be a good person, and they're told to, to be a good person, you have to believe these things. But it's being driven by the most out-of-touch chunk of Americans that exists. Coming up, how the television show Friends caused the divide between the United States and Russia. I did not see that coming. According to a Putin spokesperson. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your life's a joke. You're broke, huh? How'd that affect Russia and the United States? That, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A Spirit Airlines just revealed upgraded larger seats that they're adding to their new planes. Ooh. They're all on the wing, but still, it's just something (laughs) something. That's right, larger seats, but to maximize profits, they'll make you spoon with another passenger. (laughs) 
So I don't know Spirit Airlines. It gets beaten up by the comedians and Saturday Night Live a lot. Is it a ultra bargain? Oh yeah, zero frills. How could no you get frills. how could you get less frills than Southwest? Find out <laughs> if you dare. <laughs> God, I was on a flight not too long ago. It was like the five o'clock flight or something like that. Everybody was drinking. I guess that time of day when everybody's headed home from work or something like that, it's just yeah. Guy, guy next to me, I think, was completely hammered. I didn't realize it. So there are two girls to the left of me, and they were young, and they they ordered tequila, and I thought, okay, you're you know you're young, and you're you're getting your party on, fine. This guy next to me, which I didn't, he ordered uh, Jack and Coke, but when he came back, for, and he was quiet, and he he went to the bathroom. I had to move, and he went to the bathroom. When he came back. He's still zipping up his pants as he walked back, and he's walking real oh, slow, luck. and his, his eyes are like half closed, and I thought, oh, man, dude, you are hammered. Oh, wow. <laughs> still zipping up in the plane aisle? Yes. And, and kind of like, you know, it was like he was walking through his own bedroom, like he's completely unaware of anybody else around, just zipping up his pants, heading back, sits down, gets back to his jack and coat. I'm just zoning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, did you see the picture I tweeted out of my Halloween costume from last night? I did not. I had the hockey mask and a uh, a bloody big giant knife. Oh, Jiminy. And uh, Too violent. Well, that's what I tweeted out. The lighter side of murderous lunatics. Oh, that's right. But, I saw the caption. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but the, the hockey mask is Jason from... Friday the 13th? The New York Rangers? <laughs> but so I noticed a big divide on the whole hockey mask costume. If you're of an age where you've seen that movie, it's hor- it's terrifying. I, several people that were like over 40 that found it terrifying because it, it terrifies me just looking in the mirror at myself. It was terrifying. But for everybody <laughs> younger, it's like, why is that scary? I mean, it's like, what what's scary about that? It's kind of funny. It's in what my are you, mind. Some old goalie. <laughs> if somebody poked their head into the window right here in the studio with a hockey mask on, I would react poorly. Whereas my kids would be like, "What? Why would that be scary?" Right. It's, it's like, like somebody with a catcher's helmet on. Who cares? <laughs> right. Right. Wearing wrestling headgear or something. It's just, yeah. Uh, oh! <laughs> Hilarious. I do want to get to how friends caused the divide between the United States and Russia, according to a Putin spokesman. I um, spent 10 years praying Ross would defect. So, <laughs> you always hated Ross. Every oh, Friday morning him. after the Thursday night oh. episode, it'd be about how much you hated Ross in last night's oh, episode. Whiny moron. <laughs> um, but I had a conversation about Nancy Pelosi's husband during a trick-or-treating that I thought was really interesting. I should actually share. Plus, today's Marxists want to keep minorities trapped in perpetual victimhood, and the minorities aren't having it. Okay. All good stuff. If you miss an hour of the show, I don't know why you would, but if you do, you should just go to uh, or search for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. That's the podcast form of the show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, interesting conversation I had with some neighbors about the hammer attack story. We'll get to that next segment, among other things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. God, you hate to be woken in the middle of the night with a guy holding a hammer. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. There's not Stop much good can come out of it. hammering! Yeah, I think oh, right, left, and center. We agree, Lawrence O'Donnell. First thing I'd say to the guy, stop the hammering. Stop we, the hammering! Whatever we do here, don't go to hammering on me. No, jeez. Gee, many Christmas. And yeah. everybody, Tucker even, uh, Tucker went full conspiracy on this last night on Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson on Fox. Yeah, it's too much. But. but even he kept saying over and over, he said, I know the guy, he's a, gr- a great guy, and I know somebody who used to work in the, the neighborhood and said he was always around the coffee shop, super nice guy. So everybody says... Paul Pelosi? Yeah, Paul Pelosi's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. No, not DuPape or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah I'm really just, just trying to clarify. Everybody says he's a nice guy, so I'm going <laughs> to give him terrific, a pass. terrific, terrific guy. When he puts down his hammer, he's great company. <laughs> All right, so more on that to come. Horrible. He's Horrible. great company. 
So Mike oh. Gonzalez wrote this piece in the Washington Examiner that I thought was a, a great bit of analysis. Today's leftists, Marxists, want to keep minorities trapped in perpetual victimhood. And he talks about the history of Marxism in the United States, and maybe you're familiar with this. You know, in the early 20th century, for instance, uh, the Marxists wanted to start a class struggle in America. Workers of the world unite. And, you know, fire up the downtrodden and the factory workers, and they just didn't really get anything going. So they decided then, mid-20th century or so, that the new revolutionary agents would be minorities. Thus, race struggle was born and enjoyed great success. Today, he writes, even such staunchly establishment institutions such as the Smithsonian busily stoke racial grievances. Now, I will point out, this is different from the civil rights movement that demanded that Americans of color, you know, just everybody, get their full due of their constitutional rights, which is indisputable. I mean, the, the, the idea that anybody would be denied their rights because of the way they look is repugnant to virtually every single American, including myself. But that's differentiated from the political-purposed perpetuation of victimhood, that's different. Permanent grievance, therefore you must vote with the left. It became, instead of a class struggle, a race struggle. But he writes, guess what? Five decades later, Marxists' race struggle may be about to implode in the exact same way as the attempt at a class struggle, as the new conscripts reject their prescribed victim status and desert the barricades. Indeed, Hispanics are in perhaps massive numbers saying adios to the race war. According to Politico, no conservative publication. Adios. Yeah, you see what he did there. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Politico, the lead the Democratic Party has enjoyed over Republicans with uh, Hispanic voters has been cut in half in just 10 years. Cut in half. That's pretty amazing. Not surprising, but uh, amazing. Yeah, and and by the way, uh, university geeks keep pushing Latinx. And that 1% of Hispanic people who like that term will just absolutely lap it up. I tell you what, you can have that 1%. We'll take the other 99. Worse yet, he writes, from the point of view of the Marxists, as NBC News also reports, Governor uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis leads uh, Democratic char- uh, challenger Charlie Crist by seven points among Hispanics and has a 56% approval rating among Hispanics. DeSantis is probably going to win deeply blue Miami-Dade County, or at least he might. That would mean that Hispanics, already 14% of the electorate in the fastest-growing segment, may be about to help catapult to power newly invigorated conservatives who are aggressively intent not just on conserving existing American traditions, but on rolling back leftist gains. Now, why is all this happening? It's complicated, and no one knows what will happen during the midterms. Yet, according to a Bienvenido poll of 1,200 Hispanic uh, registered voters released just this week, 70% of Hispanics reject the offensive notion that they are victims in America. Uh, MSNBC, oh, which explains why the MSNBC left has its collective hair on fire. If these voters balk, who will serve as cannon fodder on the ramparts of the culture wars? MSNBC host Tiffany Cross suggested on October 3rd that Hispanics' revolt against leftism can be traced back to the fact that they're not really voices of color. Oh, boy. 
It's time for the Asian Hispanic Caucus to form up. Asians, you remember when you stopped being in a minority? Right. And and you were called just just really insulting things, the equivalent of being an Uncle Tom. Um, well, now MSNBC. Now, granted, nobody watches it. And this woman, Tiffany Cross, is a d- d- Marxist dope. But she's saying Hispanic people are not really voices of color. All right. Wow. Wow. Uh, let's see. The Atlantic's Jamel Hill, another treat. Her tweet on the matter was, however, the most apt is it pointed directly to the ideological indoctrination at the base of their entire approach. Quote, that proximity to whiteness is a real thing. Also reminds me of an adage I heard a long time ago about how the oppressed begin to take on the traits of the oppressor. Oh, boy. Straight wow. out of Marxism. Wow. <laughs> That's an insulting thing to say to someone. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm not yeah. thinking. You're not thinking for yourself. You're just taking on the traits of your oppressor. It's sad, really. Yeah, I mean, it's beyond paternalism. It's like calling Hispanic people stupid. Uh, the belief that, and if you're a student of, of uh, Karl Marx and Marxism in general history, you know this stuff, but the belief that workers had false consciousness, that they'd consented to their own oppression by uh, adopting the worldview of their oppressors, that's that's part of Marxism. Uh, Marxism-Leninism said the workers are too stupid to know they're oppressed. We need to force this down their throats. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. False consciousness has become the general consciousness, lamented the Frankfurt School's Herbert Marcuse, known as the guru of the new left, in 1969. And there's more to this, and if you're a student of history, it's pretty interesting. Um, but the trends are unmistakable. And, and I'm glad to... Since I was a, a you know a, a fairly young man, uh, for some reason I guess it's because I've always hated when people are like paternalistic to me. It it really makes my skin crawl. Um, I've always recognized paternalism and condescension in politics, and the condescension toward Black America in particular has always been horrifying to me. The idea that you know you give you make sure that black kids have the opportunity, an opportunity for a great education, an opportunity to start a business, you know, that sort of thing, and that they can't make it on their own without the, the nice white people helping them. I always thought that was a terrible message to send. And it seems like, you know, the, the truth as I see it is catching on. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, you know, getting back to crime and the paternalistic, college-educated white gal, uh, current governor of New York, Talking about how the the rise in crime and the fear of crime is just a conspiracy? Good Lord. Well, it's not. And simply save home security is a great way to feel safer in your home. 24-7 professional monitoring under a dollar a day with the state-of-the-art technology. Paul Pelosi should have had this. Yeah. Should have had simply say, Paul, come on. When a threat is detected like a guy with a hammer. Uh, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. 24-7 professional monitoring costs, monitoring costs at under a dollar a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Um, and we're talking fires, floods, and all kinds of different threats that they have sensors to detect. Simply Safe blankets your home and protection. 
Advanced sensors for every home, for every room, window, and door. Rather, HD security cameras for inside and outside. Much more depending on the threats you perceive are most important. You customize it yourself. It's easy. Don't miss this chance to say big. Protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong today. Customize the perfect system for your home. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Save 40%. One more time. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This just in, Bono is an old man. I'm watching him be interviewed on Good Morning America by George Stephanopoulos. The once edgy rock star now just looks like an old man sitting on a couch yucking it up with George Stephanopoulos. An old Irishman yeah. holding forth on the, the state of the world. Happens to everyone. He's got a book out, though, one of those rock star books, which might be good. I'll bet it is pretty interesting. Is <laughs> a, a Christian in the uh, hedonistic world of rock. Yeah, been married to the same woman forever, hasn't he? I, think. I do believe, yeah. Um, uh, duh, that band has been together for 45 years, by the way, if you were wondering. What? And they used to be incredibly and great and exciting folks, younger folks. Take my word. They haven't always been omnipresent, bloated, and tiresome. Um, another ad I saw, speaking of pop culture, the Country Music Awards are coming up, which I think they have every other week. But the hosts are Luke Bryan, country star you may not know, and Peyton Manning. Wow. What an interesting career thing he's had, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he hosted Saturday Night Live, geez, way back when he was playing, was hilarious, realized he's got those chops, and has turned that into its own career. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watched uh, Monday Night Football last night, and I I went with the uh, ESPN2 broadcast with Eli and... uh, and Peyton Manning uh-huh. commenting on the game. Loved it. I'll bet that's great. It is. And it helps you understand the game a lot better, too. I'll bet, it, I'll bet, I'll bet it's great. Yeah. I should check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, latest on the whole hammer attack. Some details you might not know. And a conversation I had that thought, okay. Okay. Maybe I'm looking at it this wrong way. Also, how friends played a role in the problems between Russia and the United States. This is You've not- got Tip that off. This is not silliness, <laughs> I don't think, and it fits in with, uh, I don't know how to describe it, some people's views. So, it'll make more sense when we talk about it. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. the door uh, for the police officers and uh, one question my second question is how many times he was struck one time with a hammer not twice so at this time it's unclear which of the men opened the door and uh, we are also still fleshing out how many times he was struck in the head so this is the hammer attack story we're talking about here and that's the san francisco da brooke jenkins asking questions answering questions yesterday and the reason that one is pertinent, and if you happen to watch Tucker Carlson last night, it came up. So I think it was Politico that originally had reported, the wording of the reporting definitely made it sound like there was a third person involved that opened the door. Then Politico uh, moved away from that without explanation. They must have just got more details or something like that, I guess. But mm-hmm. th- then people were you know, bashing others online for suggesting there was a third person as a conspiracy. Well, it was it was reported originally that there was a third person there. So uh, don't blame me for reading the reports and going with them. But it would seem that there were just two people there at this point is the latest. Uh, well, I, I think it's a symptom of the fact that, quote-unquote, major media outlets now will just print stuff without fact-checking at all. Yeah, a little more from that and then um, some details you may not have heard yet. So can you definitively say now this was obviously politically motivated? Yes, it appears as though this was based on his statements um, and comments that were made in that house during his encounter with Mr. Pelosi that this was politically motivated. Any evidence to suggest you would go as far to say it was an assassination attempt? What I will say is that he was looking for the speaker at the time that he entered the home. Of course, the federal affidavit contains a bit more information about other things that he's, motivations that he's expressed, um, but he certainly did uh, enact what we believe is an attempt to murder her husband at the time. Uh, that the police arrived. So I'm trick-or-treating last night. I make kind of an offhand comment about, uh, I said something like, uh, well, it's better than being attacked with a hammer in the middle of the night or something like that. Uh, ripped from today's headlines, my mm. witty commentary. And anyway, Very clever. Mm-hmm. A couple of uh, uh, adults said, yeah, there's something fishy there, isn't it? And one of them said, yeah, I'm not a conspiracy person, but 
Things just don't add up. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I don't know these people's politics. Uh, I guarantee you they're not MAGA. <laughs> but um, but they thought something was fishy. But maybe just because they don't, I, you know, I don't know how they were on all the details that are out there now. It would seem odd to me, given how much this guy, the hammer-wielding lunatic, has spoken in the way that mentally ill people often do. They just talk. They talk and talk and talk. So if you're buying the... Um, it's a gay prostitute lover conspiracy. Please. Um, you would have to believe that this guy is willing to make up stories that will put him in prison for the rest of his life, quite possibly, to cover the fact that he was having sex with Paul Pelosi. It's hard to imagine why it would seem to be flat broke, down and out, homeless person would be willing to spend 30 years in prison to cover up the fact that he was a gay prostitute or something like that. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Because the whole thing is because the story he's telling is he was well, he to, he told Paul Pelosi, "I'm going to tie you up so that I can take a nap. I'm really tired. I had to walk all the way here with a backpack on." That's a weird thing to say. Wow. And and then he was going to make Nancy Pelosi tell the truth. And if she didn't tell the truth, she was he was going to break her knees with the hammer. Yeah, that's rough. So she'd be rolled into the House of Representatives, and everybody would see that there are consequences for being a liar. And no hammer blows had occurred until the cops got there, Mm -hmm. it would seem. That's unfortunate. Poor old man Pelosi nearly escaped without any injury. And then, you know, he's lucky he's not dead. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but the whole inconsistencies or weirdness to it or why wasn't there security and all and people immediately leaping to the it's it's a secret plot by you know whomever to do this or that that are covering up the truth but i have the truth i will lead you i will be your shepherd to the truth it's a for-profit industry the the reporting around any big story sucks for at least the first 24 hours, all sorts of garbage gets thrown around. It later gets straightened out. Questions like, why didn't he have security become clearer? Was there a third person? Was he wearing underwear? No, he's not. Fox News printed that. Then they quickly retracted it. Oh, I hadn't heard it's, that story. Yeah. Who, who wasn't wearing underwear? Well, no. The idea that the assailant was wearing underwear was out there for like an hour. Okay. But then everybody corrected it. Said, like no. only his underwear, you mean? Because I'm wearing underwear right Correct. Now. Okay. Yes, yes. I think he was wearing under. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. All right. Well clarified. <laughs> I don't like my genitals rubbing up against my denim, is the reason. But the whole, this doesn't add up thing. Uh, no, it doesn't add up. It's because you got half the facts. Well, I'm still shocked they don't have more security there. But that. Oh, I am too. I'm surprised. Although, when was the last time their house got broken into? Never, as far as I know. And we've been a major radio show in the Bay Area since 2003. You know what? You know what? It very well could be because I've been this in the past. I've seen other people be this. They're people that have lived in the same neighborhood in San Francisco forever, and you didn't need security for right. many, 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 many decades. And they haven't uh, woken up to the fact that things are different now in your city. Right. When Nancy's there, they have security. Oh, of course. When, yeah, she, when she's her. not, the old man doesn't bother. I guess that's interesting. But he will now. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a horrifying thing. There's one more detail I found that was pretty interesting. I don't remember. Oh, just, I was just thinking about the. I hope I'm never in this situation. 
I kind of was when that crazy homeless lunatic who's now in prison, you know, a, a verbally assaulted my family, thought it was going to be physically assaulted, where you gotta, you gotta, dis, you, you have to make all kinds of calculations with your animal brain. Is the best way to get out of this safely to be aggressive or passive or funny or distracting? I mean, you have to make all mm-hmm. these calculations when you're dealing with an angry, violent lunatic. Right. Sometimes right. you can you, you scare them off by being big and loud. Ah, you know, like you do with a bear or something like that. Sometimes that's the worst idea. Yeah. Um, and the best idea is to, uh, you know, it seems like the Pelosi may have played it right to just kind of like be kind of low key. Right. And then when the door opened, the guy saw the cops were there. He panicked and decided, you know, he's going to bash the old man in the head. Oh, that's rough. It's kind of surprising that the cops didn't shoot him dead. Yeah. Some people are saying that's proof that something, something. No, the cops thought they could take him without shooting him. So they did. I don't know. I just, I don't have that gene that some people seem to have these days. I don't know what it looked like or how it unfolded, but I might think, could you have stopped him before he hit me with the head and the hammer? I mean, you're right there. Could you? Huh? Maybe? Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.